<laughs> my, my, my. Oh, what are you looking at there, Doctor? Is that a yearbook? Indeed it is, my humpback friend. Indeed it is. I have a 50th year class reunion approaching, and I thought I'd take a gurney trip through memory lane. <laughs> Were your medical days happy times, Herr Doctor? Oh, the best. If only I could be 16 and smelling the formaldehyde again. Ooh. Oh, look. Here's a photo of Bulgaria and I on the morgue steps the day I took her stitches out. <gasps> she looks so... um. So... Gothic? Mysterious. Voluptuous, eh? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was going to say right. Oh, sexy, is it not? <laughs> well, they say you never forget your first reanimated corpse, and I can tell you that no truer words were ever spoken. Oh, if you say so, Herr Doctor. <sighs> this makes me nostalgic. Let's show everyone a classic film that will rekindle the memories of youth, of the teenage years. Oh, excellent suggestion. Rebel without a cause, perhaps? No. Um, the wild ones. Guess again, Bigor. Ah, the Blackboard Jungle? Eh. Easy Rider? Bigor, don't be such a dolt. The answer is staring you in the face. Um, the blob, perhaps? No. Teenagers from outer space. Oh, dear. Didn't I say classic? Pah. Yes, um, you you did. Oh, sorry. Hello, faithful listeners. I am Victor, your humble host. Welcome to another bizarre episode of Schluck Audio Theater, where cinema is a cheesy delight. Filled to the brim with juicy leaps of logic, where the bottom of the barrel is top shelf, where bad is better, cheap is chic, plots are pointless, and a good time is had by all. <laughs> now, let's get to it. Adjust those audio goggles, and hang on because Schlock Audio Theater is on the air! Bigor! Ah, see what I mean? This film opens with a familiar piece of stock footage. A giant telescope peering into the inky blackness of space. Classic. Dr. Mason? Dr. Mason? Yes? What I, is it? I just observed something through the telescope. Well, of course you did, my boy. That's why they call this place a space observatory. What did you see? I'm not sure. It looked an awful lot like a... A shining, rotating corkscrew. Hmm. Probably just a passing Venus space probe, which I hope doesn't explode, release radiation, and cause our recent dead to come back to life. Are you kidding? Just which movie do you think we're in, anyway? You have a point. I had better take a look. Blast it. It's gone now. You waited too long. No, that's all right, son. I've seen poor special effects before. It just goes to show you how desperately alone mankind is. How insignificant we are. Like tiny bits of fish food drifting 
all alone on top of an angry sea, just biding our time before we're eaten by some horrendous alien intelligence vastly superior to our own. And all we can do is wait and watch and wonder when. <laughs> you went ahead and had those shock treatments for your mania, didn't you? Yeah. How's that working for you? Not so much. Good. Good. Meanwhile, we see a spinning half-inch number eight coarse flathead galvanized wood screw shaped spacecraft flying down, down, down until it countersinks itself into the ground on the edge of a grassy meadow. In that way, this massive spacecraft is barely seen except for its garbage can-sized dome. Can you sense the excitement? In a moment, the dome will slide open, revealing hideously strange aliens from another world. Well, strange aliens who speak English and look exactly like us, except they wear white shoes and special alien masking tape on their surplus Air Force jumpsuits. How very strange. Design this single dome exit should be fit to the darkens. You said it, brother. Stop complaining and get busy. There's much work to do. Derek, you determine if this planet is suitable for raising our gargan herds. While I put more special alien masking cape on my surplus jumpsuit. Yes, sir. Scanning now. Scanning complete. This planet does not meet all of the requirements for our gargan herds. They will not multiply nor grow here. This is bad news. Thor, silence the yapping of that infernal earth creature. He annoys me. Yes, sir. Watch this, guys. (laughs) Here, creature, creature, creature. Come to Thor. Wow. Stun, kill, skeletonize. Crazy, man. Crazy. (laughs) And I thought our ray guns were just plastic dime store toys with mirrors taped to the muzzles. (laughs) Look, this earth creature you skeletonized wore a small piece of metal with an inscription. There must be an advanced civilization here. Of what concern are foreign beings to us? None to you, Thor. Just as the innocent life of this poor creature who died so bravely was of no concern to you, must you constantly feed your craving for power? Enough of this pointless bickering. Morel, bring out the infant Gargan, and let us judge firsthand his reaction to this planet. You got it, boss. You will do no such thing. We will leave this planet and find another more suitable place for the Gorgon herd. You dare raise your skeletonizer to us? Yes, because I have discovered this black book that wasn't annihilated in the Great Purge. I brought it with me so I could preach to you from it. It speaks of love and living in harmony. I must follow my conscience. Son, are you telling me that you've found religion? I found a better way through the first group of the second coming of the one true way of the seventh-day millennial latter-age organization of saints against gargons. Holy smoke, Derek. No, it's not smoke. It's real. It's the true way for our people. Let me see this book so that I may better understand how it is clouded. I mean, 
expanded your mind. Excellent. Perhaps you will join the cause as well. Here, you may keep it. Grab him! Hey, what are you doing? Who spilled my eye on Ha! I am free! He is getting away. Blast him! You missed! Let me try. No, lower your weapons. I probably should have said this sooner, but Derek is the Supreme Leader's son. He must not be killed. But he is a traitor, deserving of brutal punishment. In time, Thor. For now, we must attend to the Gorgons. But when first light dawns, you must go and find him and bring him back alive. With pleasure, sir. Do not fail me, Thor. I knew you were going to say that. Derek walks the whole nine blocks to town and arrives early the next morning. He marvels at the sight of children playing in the schoolyard. He marvels too much and is quickly confronted by a helpful gas station attendant. Ain't those critters just God's own angels? I've never seen real children before. Where I'm from, we are grown in vats and enter life as teenagers. Really? I guess you were 35 or maybe even 40. I've been 16 for only 12 cycles. Uh-huh. Are you one of them beatniks, son? Because you ain't making a lick's worth of sense to me. How does one lick the proper amount of sense? <laughs> oh, skip it. I'm sorry, I do not know how to skip. Perhaps if you explained more fully. <laughs> Talking to you is like being in an Abbott and Costello routine. You're a real hoot. Uh, say, I never saw me any gas station uniforms that has so much masking tape stock on them. Abbott and Costello? Beatnik? Masking tape? Your words are hard to fathom. Shazam! You never heard of Abbott and Costello? Now that's hard to fathom right there, boy. Perhaps if you could tell me what the inscription on this piece of metal says, I could get on my way. Can't you read, son? You poor boy. What good's a proper education if you can't read with it? I was not educated here. You see, where I come from, we learn through cellular stimulation of the evolving brain matter. Holy tarnations, boy! You already lost me. Here, give that tag and I'll read it for you. Hmm, says Sparky... 1243 Willowcrest Drive. That's just down the street, and to the right, two blocks. On the left side. Congratulations, son. You found yourself a dog tag. Uh, thank you. I will return this to the owner. You do that. <laughs> what a crazy, wonderful boy. Nine blocks away, the evil teenager Thor is still thumbing for a ride into town. And it appears he's finally found one. Let's listen. Hey, pal. You need a lift? Of what use is a lift to me? I have nothing of weight to carry. I'd require transportation to the nearest inhabited city. Yeah, well, that would be right over there, so... Get in or get out of the way because I haven't got all day. I will accept your transportation. Swell. Well, hop in. Say, you're not from around here, are you? Are you in some kind of marching band? 
I never saw a get-up quite like that. What is that stuff? Do not touch the masking tape. Uh, sorry. It is of no concern of yours. You will teach me to pilot this vehicle. How does it operate? You're joking, right? Where have you been, Mac? On Mars? Do not attempt sarcasm. It will lead to your demise. Easy, buddy, easy. This is the steering wheel. It turns the car. This is the gear shift. It allows you to back up and go forward. Short pedal to stop, tall pedal to go. Very well. What power propels this vehicle? Nuclear fission? Reverse tachyon pulse inducers, perhaps? Well, we call this stuff gasoline, and I need to get some. Gasoline. How quaint. You may proceed. Sounds like the beginning of a very short friendship, no? Meanwhile, our intrepid Derek has located the house on Willow Crest. Sparky! Sparky! Oh, where could that dog be? Uh, hello, I'm Derek. Hi, I'm Betty. We have a room for rent. Would you like it? Well, I My actually... brother Buddy went off to college, so we're looking for a boarder. Come inside. I'll introduce you to Grandpa. He'll say, yes, I know he will. And then I can make some more coffee, and we can have some. Do you like coffee? I like coffee. Doesn't everyone... Well, who do we have here? This is Derek. Don't worry about his white shoes and silly jumpsuit. He needs a place to live. Can I keep him? I mean, can he live with us? Yeah, sure he can. You got a job, son? Uh, I am seeking new employment. That's just swell. I thought by your fancy duds there and all that masking tape that you just got out of the army. You could say that, sir. Fine, fine. Don't worry about the rent until you get a job. Matter of fact, don't worry about anything. Me and Betty will take care of you hand and foot. Betty, show Derek to his room, and after you've given him a massage, make sure to give him all of Buddy's things. Clothes, too. Well, come on, Derek. And after he's settled in, you and Joe can take him swimming at Alice's house. Joe can't make it today. He's investigating a UFO crash story for the paper. He's going to be busy all day. Well, in that case, be sure to take my car and let Derek drive. Will do. Need any money? How about $40? Thanks. Now you kids have fun now. <laughs> oh, what good kids. A few blocks away, Thor and his unlucky ride finally make it into town and coincidentally stop at the same gas station next to the school. What'll it be, fellas? Fill her up, Mac. Say, what's going on in town today? Is there a Shriners convention or something? I saw a guy this morning with the same funny clothes on as your friend. You saw Derek? What did he say to you? Where did he go? Answer me! Get your sticky paws off of me, buddy! I will blast the flesh off your bones with my skeletonizer! Now talk! He, um, he asked me to read a dog tag, and I told him how to find an address. Share this information with me. Uh, down the street, two blocks. Willow Crest. It's on Willow Crest. Very good. Now feel the wrath of my skeletonizer! <laughs> Oh, I, I'm I'm out of here. Guess again, dead man. Good riddance. Now, do test my piloting skills. Ah! 
Hey, buddy, watch where you're going. You watch this, buddy. that time, so I guess I'd say better. This is Alice's driveway. Pull in here. Betty, I must tell you something about the real reason I came to your house. You didn't want a room? But I was so hoping. No, I wanted to return this inscription to you. Sparky, where did you get this? Where's my dog? One of the people I came here with zapped Sparky with a skeletonizing ray. He tried to kill me too, but I escaped. But it is. It is the truth. Oh, okay. No, it is. I know. Why don't you take me where it happened so I can see for myself? If you wish it. Hey there, young feller. Are you by any chance looking for Derek? That is very perceptive. Ah, it wasn't nothing. Shucks, you both wear the same secret military uniform. See? Do not touch the masking tape. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just... Uh, Silence. Hmm? What did he tell you? What did he say about military service? Yeah, not a thing. He just came looking for a place to stay. That is fortunate. How may I find him? Yeah, he went to Alice's house with Betty to take a swim. Alice lives three miles straight down the road there. Big house. Can't miss it. Say, would you care for some coffee? No. Tea? No. Are you hungry? Have some leftover turkey from last night you can have. I only eat gorgon flesh. Right. You military types live on a stringent diet. Well, I ain't got no gorgons. Maybe some Swiss? How about cheddar? I think I got some stilt. I must here. find Derek. Oh, shoot yourself. You know where he is now. How about if I wash your car before you leave? You got enough money. You want me to ride with you? Hey, now don't be a stranger. Come back anytime. <laughs> what a nice youngster. <laughs> well... I don't know about any of you, but my knuckles are absolutely white from all these direction-getting sessions and near misses. Phew. There is your animal's skeleton no remains. Oh, Sparky. <coughs> Did you hear that sound? That ominous growl? I'm sure it was just... The wind? Yes, just the wind. Say, those bullies you were with, they're not still here, are they? Uh, no, they are gone. Their mission here was a failure. Then what's to worry about? Let's get back to Alice's for that swim. I would like to swim with you, Betty. Oh, Derek, I want to swim with you, too. Let's go. As Derek and Betty make their way back to town, Thor arrives to menace Alice. Hey, what is this? Who are you? How'd you get in here? I was told Derek and Betty were here. Well, I haven't seen Betty and I don't know a Derek. You are alone then? Well, it depends, handsome. I could be. 
if I knew you a bit better. You're not a cop, are you? What's with the uniform? Uniform? Uniform, uniform, uniform. I am sick to death of all this talk about my uniform. Give me the information I require, or I shall deal with you most severely. Okay, Mac, if you're going to be like that, you can just get the heck out of my house. I warned you, Earthwoman. Now feel the burning pain of my skeletonizer. Five minutes later, Derek and Betty returned to Alice's house to find her skeletonized remains neatly laid out beside the pool. The bottom of her left foot mysteriously sports a stamp that says Made in USA. Interesting. <gasps> Alice! Oh! She's been blasted like Spocky! So, the others haven't left after all. Thor continues to search for me. That means the Gargans must have found a way to thrive here, despite what the initial test revealed. The Gargans will quickly annihilate your unprepared civilization. Gargans? Why, Derek, you never mentioned a Gargan. What is it? A monstrous beast. Our only livestock. We hunt suitable worlds for them to grow and graze on. They are much too dangerous to breed on our homeworld. Oh, my. Well, what does a Gargan look like? Uh, Here, I I have a picture. A rubber lobster? How can that hurt our world? If conditions are right, they can grow to be higher than your tallest building. In no time, there will be thousands of hungry, unstoppable, hideous, death-dealing creatures of doom! How awful! Will, what else have you not told me? I'm not from this planet. I don't believe you. It's true! Okay. No, really! Oh, well, then I believe you. What do we do now? I think it is time to inform your authorities that your planet is being invaded by hostile aliens with a legion of hunger-crazed baby gargans in tow. Okay, but first let's go check on Grandpa and then we can go to City Hall and speak to the police. Grandpa, oh, he's sleeping. A little note beside the telephone telling him we went to City Hall to meet the police. Yes, and also mention that when Thor comes along in the same type of uniform I wear, not to tell him of our location, because he is a psychotic murdering teenager from outer space. Got it. Let's go. What? Oh, oh, the telephone. I'm coming. I'm coming. Hello. Gramps, it's Joe. Is Betty there? No, she went swimming. Hey, where's this? I found a note. Read it, Gramps. Okay. Um, Oh, looks like she went to City Hall to talk to the police about a, oh my goodness, an alien murderer. Holy smokes! And I'm working on a story about a UFO right now for the paper. Say, don't aliens come from UFOs? That's right. You know, I'll bet these two stories are somehow linked together. In fact, the police have been finding skeletonized bodies all over the city. Yeah, sounds like trouble, all right. Meet me at City Hall. We gotta protect Derek and Betty.
going somewhere, old man? I, uh, I was just going to the feed store to buy some uh, tulips. Your deceptions will not work on me a second time. Take me to Derek. No, never. You're not going to touch one hair on that fine young man's head. Very well. Protect Derek, and I will kill you and your granddaughter, Betty. Ah, oh, shut, son. You don't leave no room for arguing, do you? Oh, all right, then. They went to City Hall to get help from the police. Very good. Come with me. You will pilot the vehicle, and I will kill Derek. Be quick, old man. Make haste. The plots are boiling now, eh? Even though Derek and Betty left ten minutes ago, and who knows where Joe was... They all reach the courthouse at the same time and proceed to drive around the block again and again as 15 cops in three-piece suits look on with their guns drawn. You see, I like to, I like to draw my gun like this. Eh, across the chest. Nice. I prefer it like this. Yeah, mighty smooth. You know, I tried it from behind the back like that. My three-piece suit always gets in the way. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Say, I, uh, I think I hear them coming. Yeah, you think that could be the young lady that called in about having some info on a teenage alien killing spree? Yeah, might be. Now look at that uh, strangely uniformed fella chasing behind them. He keeps uh, popping them off shots with that uh, ray gun thing there. Pretty sure only spacemen use ray guns. Uh, wear uniforms like those. Yeah, at least with all the masking tape. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you suppose we better start shooting or what, eh? Yeah, I reckon so. Uh, okay, boys, kill the spacemen! During the mayhem, everyone has time to properly parallel park their vehicles. Derek and Betty kiss for luck and express their love for one another. Derek acquires a firearm. Joe happens along and walks Grandpa safely across a busy intersection. And then everyone takes up strategic shooting positions as more bullets and ray beams fly. Unfortunately for the homicidal Thor, his ray gun batteries begin to fizzle out. Curses. I didn't bring any spare batteries. I've got to escape. But as Thor turns to run, a cop draws a bead on his back and lets spray with three bullets. <laughs> Gravely wounded but undeterred, Thor crawls back to Betty and Derek's car and hides in the back seat. Meanwhile, the police seem baffled. Hey, uh, where'd the spaceman go? Uh, I was just shooting him in the back, and uh, before I could uh, grab him, he crawled away. Did you uh, see where he went? No. Oh, well, he had to die eventually. We can find him later, you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. Uh, donuts, anyone? Come on, Betty. I'm taking you home. Just a minute. Look, a blood trail. It leads to your vehicle. There is blood on the door handle. Oh, Derek, what could it mean? It means that I still live. Hand me your weapon, Derek, or I shall skeletonize your earth one. Now, both of you, get in. No tricks. You win, Thor. Get in, Betty. What is to happen now? You will acquire me someone accomplished in surgery, so that I may have these metal fragments pulled from my flesh. And then? And then you will accompany me to the abandoned cave 
where I placed the test Gargan. He has grown immensely. We shall wait there for the lead ship to signal in the Gargan herds, and then we'll take you home and punish you for your treachery. Earth is my home now. I shall never leave it, just as I shall never leave Betty, my one true love. <laughs> we shall see, Derek. We shall see. There's Dr. Johnson's house right over there. He's just coming out of the door. Pull in his driveway, Derek. Cut him off before he leaves. I say, is there some emergency? I'm on my way to make a house call. We've been forced to stop you, Dr. Johnson. This ray-gun-toting alien maniac behind me needs some bullets taken out of his back. Oh, there, there, dear. Don't be too harsh. I'm sure having multiple gunshot wounds in the back is enough to make any youngster cranky. Enough talking. Of course. I come right this way. I have an entire operating room set up in my spare bedroom, ready and waiting to go. These bullets, they're still in their casings like they just came out of the box. Is that odd? Yes, uh, but I got them out. All he needs now are some bandages. I'll get them. Derek, Thor's not doing so well. I think he's ready to pass out. Thor? And let's get out of here. It's my turn to ride the pogo stick. Where's my pogo stick? Got it. Let's go. Hey, what about your friend? Don't forget to come back for him. I think he's looking for his pogo stick. Darn kids. Well, let's get you bandaged up, my boy. Derek, slow down. You're scaring me. Where are we going? We've got to get to the Gargan Cave. If it's grown as big as Thor claims, it'll be crazy with hunger and impossible to contain. Not only that, once it has eaten something, it will get even stronger and will surely destroy your city. Meanwhile, back at the Gargan Cave, Ace Reporter Joe and a nameless detective poke around looking for monsters. They find one, handily out of sight. Hey, did you hear that? And how? It's coming from this direction, further into the cave. Turn on the flashlight and let's check it out. It's got me, Joe! It's got me! Ah, 
The shadow of an enormous lobster-like creature just ate a man and is now making its way to Humphreys City. The army is on its way. Let's hope conventional weapons will work against a lobster shadow. Oh, stay tuned for further updates. And now back to music. This portion of our broadcast is brought to you by Shinola. Keep your shoes lasting longer and looking better with Shinola Shoe Polish. Your army doesn't stand a chance against the Gargan. Only the power of the skeletonizing ray can stop it. Is that all? Well, do you know if they have a 75-foot pot of boiling water and tons of lemon and melted butter? Mm, I don't think so. Then, yes, that's all. Stay here. I will kill the creature and return. Forgive me, pitiful Gargan, but I must not allow you to live. Take that! Uh-oh. Batteries are dead. Not good. Not good! Watch out! The Gargan shadow is moving towards you! I see it! I am formulating a plan. We'll formulate, Derek. Formulate! It should be possible to disassemble Thor's gun, remove the power supply, climb one of those power lines, tie into the electricity, and loop in enough energy to recharge the batteries and kill the Gargan. Can you do all of that with him chasing six feet behind us? I believe so. Hold the wheel while I work on the skeletonizer gun. Now, you must find a utility pole with a telephone box right next to it. Then, you must call the power station and have the technician work in tandem with my efforts. Can you do that? Sure, that doesn't sound too hard. Oh, wow, look, there, a utility pole. And it's got a phone switch box. Outstanding. And on the other side of the road, a power line I will easily be able to climb. Let's get busy. Hello, power station. Hi, this is Betty. We're being attacked by an alien lobster creature, and we need your help. Gosh sakes, that sounds really bad. Uh, say, you're not some teenager pulling a prank on me again. No. Well, I am a teenager, but listen. Oh, that's good enough for me. What can I do? We need you to shut down all of the power... No problem. Hang on. Done. Okay, now we need you to cross circuits and boost the power by 600% and send every bit of juice you got to this location. Hurry, do it now. Okay. Okay, hang on. Okay, you got it. I'm trying, but it is not working. We did it! The Gargan's destroyed! Thanks so much for your help, Mr. Power Man! Just doing my job, miss. You 
you to be careful now. You're... Bye-bye. There is one task yet to finish, Betty. What is that? I must stop the threat of our people raising their gargan herds here. I must leave you. You said you'd never leave me. You promised. Please, Betty. There is no time to argue. The ships are approaching. Trust me. But... You must trust me. No? Okay. I trust you, Derek. Look, Thor approaches from the west. And isn't that Joe and Grandpa coming from the east? Whatever I say now, I say for you. Whatever I do, I do for you. Remember my words. I will. I love you, Derek. I love you, Betty. Finally, we have reached a conclusion to this matter. Thank goodness for that. (laughs) Soon we will see hundreds of corkscrew ships bobbing into the sky, all carrying hundreds of little rubber lobsters. What is mankind's only hope? I am ready to return with you and face my punishment. I have been most foolish, and I apologize. No, no, Derek. Oh, Grandpa, he's breaking my heart. Hey, there, there, dear. Come to Grandpa. Do not try to deceive me, Derek. I speak the truth. Do you? I do. Very well. I believe you. Look, look, the lead ship approaches. Make way. Supreme Excellence. Dad, what are you doing here? Son. I'm sorry for the trouble I caused. I'm ready for my torture now. Hold on there, son. There will be no torture for you. I know that you have read from the Black Book, and its words have clouded your mind. That is understandable. You are a teenager, and very impressionable. Come home now, my son, and all is forgiven. Home? Yes. Home. I need to get back, or our world will fall into anarchy without me. Really? I want so much to be home at last. And for good. (sighs) Can we speed this up a bit? We've got our entire drone fleet in orbit with hungry Gargan babies waiting to make a landing. Of course. I will transmit their coordinates. Father, allow me to transmit instead. That's a bad idea. I will decide what is good and what is bad. Proceed, my son. But first... Help me out of this dome. Thank you. Supreme Excellence, he shut the dome. Is that important? Now, safely locked inside the ship, Derek calls the fleet. This is lead ship X-1. This is lead ship X-1. All craft home in on my coordinates. Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Gamma, Victor, Roy, Charlie. Longitude 87, Apogee 43. These ships appear to be speeding up. He's given the drones suicide coordinates. They're going to crash right on top of us. Run for the cave! Derek! No! No! Hey, 
hitch up your skirt girl and run like Pepina after a full Mexican dinner. We'll cry later. A short 15 seconds after the devastating atomic explosion of an entire fleet of ships, only three people emerged from the mouth of the cave alive. By gosh and by golly, what a story. That was the bravest teenager from outer space I've ever met. Derek's dead, but he kept his promise never to leave me. I don't know what I'll do now or where I'll go. But tomorrow is always another day. Another handkerchief, Herr Doctor? Yes, thank you, Bigor. What is wrong, Herr Doctor? It's, it's nothing, Bigor. Nothing. Oh, I've never seen you like this. The movie wasn't that sad. How so? Derek saved the girl. He saved the earth. His death wasn't in vain. I don't care about that. That's not what distresses me, Bigor. It was the monster. (laughs) But it was just a movie. Just a movie. Bigor, that lobster was Barney. Not The one in the painting? Yes, yes, that was Barney. And his likeness is lovingly depicted in oil and black velvet. A masterpiece that hangs beside my pipe organ. He was one of my finest creations. Oh, I had no idea. You mean Barney the Lobster went to Hollywood? Yes, I knew he was in the film. I felt I needed to see him again. I thought I could take it. Oh, apparently not. He was a happy giant lobster for so long. But then, like so many other lobsters before him, he was seduced by the lure of the big time. Oh, a tragic lobster tale. He developed a crabby attitude. It was the main thing that got him in trouble. Oh, the main thing. That and he was shellfish. He went overboard, put his heart and soul into a project, and what did it get him? I don't know. He got what he deserved. Hollywood. That town chews you up and spits you out. Oh, the horror. For him, it was quite literal. (laughs) A tragic clause in his contract. Liquidated damages. Boiled him alive. Very messy. Anyway, I I will be fine in a little while. You may show our guests up. (laughs) Yes, Herr Doctor. Teenagers from Outer Space is co-produced by Schlock Audio Theater and the Texas Radio Theater Company. It was adapted by Charles E. Pratt Jr. from a film by Tom Graff. It was directed, recorded, and edited by Richard Froelich and features the voice talents of Reg Platt as Victor, Grandpa, Captain, and Cop One, Brian Douglas as Bigor, Brian Lockett as Derek, Kelly Scott as Betty, Larry Groby as Thor, Astronomer and Cop 2. Richard Miller as the gas station attendant Hank, Morale, and Joe. 
Susan McMath Platt as Saul, an anonymous car driver, and the power guy. Robert Clover Brown as Dr. Mason, Dr. Johnson, and Supreme Excellence. Ken Rainey as the driver of Thor's ride and an unnamed detective. Margot Capel as Alice, and finally, Mitch Carr as the radio announcer. Thank you for listening to Schlock Audio Theater. Please visit schlockaudio.com for more information about future productions and links to past shows. This production, copyright Charles E. Pratt Jr., 2018.